Blog Talk Radio. of Airline Talk, News, and History. We call it the Airline Radio Hour, bringing you stories from here and there and from airlines to another airline, to another airline, to another lot. In other words, we talk about the airlines. And the music you heard playing was the theme music from Piedmont Airlines. 
and we bring you a different airline opening with each show. Hi, my name is Neil Holland. I'm a retired captain with Eastern Airlines and producer of the show. And if you're listening in on the show's website, you have uh, dialed in on your computer, blogtalkradio.com forward slash Captain Eddie. That's C-A-P-T-E-D-D-I-E. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash C-A-P-T-E-D-D-I-E. And if you're listening to us on the website and you'd like to call in and talk with our guest host or to add your memories, that's what we're looking for, memories, then why not call us at 213-816-1611. The producer, me, will see your number on the caller's board and ask if you'd like to join the host and share those memories with us. You know, we are a satellite-based radio station, and we're heard around the world. As a matter of fact, we have listeners in over 50 countries now. We just picked up a couple of weeks ago South Africa. Uh, Our broadcasting antenna is over 22,000 miles above the Earth. Now, let me repeat the number again, and if you'd like to copy it down, and you'd like to use it to call in and add your comments for our listening audience, please do so. It's area code 213-816-1611. Why don't you call us now? As we normally do during our broadcast when we have dead air time, we, we try to slip on a record that's and, and, and uh, that uh, will be pretty much an aviation-oriented record. We've got some today for you, uh, and uh, we like to play those. As I say, anytime I feel like there might be a little dead air time, well, there might be a little dead air time today because most of our hosts are either uh, taking care of business in their backyard or in their hometown, uh, or either they're getting ready to uh, watch the playoffs, football playoffs there around. Uh, As a matter of fact, the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, are playing at 4 o'clock this afternoon, Eastern time. And uh, so I would imagine that, Uh, That might have happened to several of our usually regular uh, hosts. However, I think uh, Jim Harris and I have nothing to do, so we're going to be with you today trying to uh, keep from having dead air time, but I'm going to say hello to Captain Jim Harris. And Jim, uh, tell us where you are and and, uh, just start talking because we've got an hour to talk. Boy, show's yours right now. Go ahead, Jim. Hey, good afternoon, Captain Neal, Captain Jim Harris from Dripping Springs, Texas. And Dripping Springs is located about 15 miles due west of Austin, Texas. I'm on a, at the moment, uh, we have an overcast sky, uh, no wind, and the temperature is 54 degrees. First wow. young change for the last couple of days. Wow. 54 yep. degrees. You know, I think I've asked you before, do you, but there, is there a history behind that name, Dripping Springs? Why did they call it Dripping Spring? Was there a spring there and it didn't produce much water? It just drip, drip, drip? Well, what's the story behind well, that? Do you know? Yes, I do. Uh, actually, what happened is back in the good old days when the pioneers were going west, they would stop by Dripping Springs, Texas to rest and take on provisions and water. And we do have a spring here. Okay. It uh, it does a little more than drip, but it's still here. It still works. So that's where the name comes from. 
you know, this is a great place to live. Yeah, it sounds like it. And I visited you even, um, um, you can, you can visit just about anybody on the internet anymore because all you have to do is just have an application called Google earth and, uh, put in an address and you're right on top of of your roof. there, looking down at you. I, I know it. I know it. I've seen it. <laughs> Drive down the street and check in uh, whether the garage door is open or closed. <laughs> <laughs> pretty darn, hey, pretty darn close. Well, you've heard uh, it, you've heard Captain Harris out there in Dripping Springs. Oh, by the way, uh, what airline did you fly for, Captain Harris? The only one there ever was Eastern Airlines. <laughs> okay. The best, Anybody work the for best Eastern of them says all. That? And I'm sure anybody working for Piedmont would say the same thing about Piedmont. <laughs> I would expect them to. There you but, go. Yeah, I would expect them to. Oh, yeah, the first time that I ever heard of Eastern Airlines, when I listened to the radio station out of Nashville, I'm from Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Whenever I listened to the radio station out of Nashville, uh, WSM, and there was a commercial on there. And it was just a very short one, but the first time I ever heard the, the words Eastern Airlines, it, it said, Eastern Airlines not ready for departure. They said that two times, <laughs> and that's a, that's the first time I ever heard of it. Little did I know that one day I'd be a pilot with them. Yeah, it didn't take you the third Which time is the to best hear. Best job in the world, by the way. Yeah, yeah, working for an airline, and you know, I hear that from all departments of the airlines. So when I look at the Facebook uh, comments and also emails sent to the radio show. Uh, whether you were a pilot or whether you were a flight uh, attendant or a mechanic or worked in reservations or wherever you worked uh, in the airline, it seemed like uh, most airlines, especially the older ones, don't know much about the new airlines that are around uh, now, but uh, the older ones, uh, it, it seemed to be a family affair with most workers for the airlines. Don't you don't you agree? At least it was with Eastern. Absolutely, yes, I do. Some and, long, uh, some long-lasting good friendships all the way around. There you go. Absolutely. Well, the first thing I want you and I to talk about, if we can, I don't know whether we're going to be able to uh, answer the questions that uh, I wanted to uh, use during the show. And so I looked up a few questions that uh, that uh, I thought people might want to know and the first one uh if if you can help me out on these jim i would appreciate it but of course uh, yeah the first one that uh, i have here is can an aircraft land by itself uh, that means you know not a pilot with the controls in his hands and the rudders at his feet and uh yep. the throttles I, in one I, hand. autopilot yeah, there you go, i.e. autopilot, yeah. And my answer to that is yes, they can, or at least some of them can. Because in order to make a full automatic autopilot landing, uh, first of all, the aircraft has to be approved for that type of operation, which is called Category 3 operations, and also the airport and the particular runway has to be certified as a category three runway for aircraft that have the capability to make a full complete uh, come to stop landing and uh, 
uh, and by by itself. Uh, it, of course, it has to be programmed, and the pilots have to program it and monitor the complete auto land. And if anything uh, 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 screws up, uh, there's just a, a, a just a little small error and one of the three autopilots which is required drops off then of course the pilots must then go uh, from a category three down to the next category for landing and uh, usually it's a category two we call it category two and with category one two and three there are landing minimums which is visibility and ceiling height well a category three is almost like a zero zero uh, zero visibility and zero ceiling and uh, so that's my answer to that. You have anything else to add to that, Captain Jim? The I have done them. The Boeing Seven Twenty Seven will do that. Yeah. And although I have done, I never particularly liked it doing <laughs> okay. them. But yes, it would do it. it of course, we didn't apply the brakes. We didn't mm -hmm. put you down in the middle of the runway. Yeah. At the right touchdown spot. And the other and, airplanes would. Uh, would auto break itself. Uh, yeah, and yes. the 727, I remember, did not have the full braking capability, as I recall. Is that correct? It did not. You see, that thing was on the drawing board around 1960 or so. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So it, it's an old air, and they made 1,832 of them. Wow. Yeah. It, during the run of the time. 727. Yeah, it was a jet equivalent to the DC-3 at that time, yeah. Correct. It really was. And it, it's yeah. a great airplane. It, it will do anything that you ever wanted to do. It flies like a baby. It was so much fun to fly that airplane. Yeah, it sure was. It, yeah. it worked. Everything worked great. And it's a beautiful airplane, too. Yeah, I think it's one of the pretty, especially the stretched model, the 727-200. Uh, that well, is a gorgeous airplane. They stretched it, uh, I yeah, believe, go, 10 feet. I'll go you one more. It's the most beautiful airplane in the sky, although I might be prejudiced and biased. That's my opinion. <laughs> okay. All right. I, I partially agree with you on that one. I flew it. <laughs> I didn't have as many hours on it as you do, but uh, yeah. it was a hey, beautiful got, airplane, fun to fly. I got twenty. I got 20,000 hours on that thing, all three seats. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of time in an airplane. Yeah. Now, my next question is going to be uh, a general. I guess if it if, if you can answer it, then fine. Or if you want me to take a poke at it, just let me know. But uh, Jim, if you can answer, what's the maximum altitude an airliner can fly? Probably it varies with each airplane individual, but the the max altitude. Certified on the Boeing 727 was 42,000 feet. 42, yeah. That seems I, I to be. The, yeah, that seems to be the maximum altitude for most of the airliners. Uh, the the recent ones like the 777 and the 777X and the 778. Uh, the, all the latest aircraft. I'm not certain whether they uh, they have a higher altitudes that they can fly but from what I understand it's based on the pressure uh, when they first build the airplane they pressurize the inside of the cabin uh, to the maximum that it will take the pressure and um, and and it's certified for that altitude like you say it was 42 on the 727 but the earlier models would never be able to reach that because of the power of the engines would you 
Wouldn't you agree? That is true. Whenever they first got the the 727, the Jets, the guys yeah. before me, uh, you know, the, a lot of the WW2 guys, they liked to go up to, they thought they wanted to go up to 35, 37,000 feet. And they'd get up there and the things would get a high, a, you know, the boxes, the high speed, low speed stall are essentially together at any yeah. kind of an altitude anywhere near that high. So the thing would actually, uh, it, it quit flying for a little bit and stumble back out of the air and, and come to lower altitude and it'd climb right back up again. So I have been told. Okay. Well, that's an applause, and that applause is for Brenda, who showed up to help us out today. Hello, Brenda. Oh, good. Hi. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Neil. Well, everybody is Jim Harrison, myself. That's everybody, Brenda. Now you are oh. part of the everybody. <laughs> I was just listening. It was interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I got uh, some questions here. I was hoping that you would be with us. And uh, Brenda is from way up there. Tell us, Brenda Chabot. Brenda, tell us where you are and, and who you flew for. And we're we're, uh, we're putting this show together uh, just as we talk, I guess. But uh, tell us sure. a little bit about Brenda Chabot and where you where you live and who you work for, Brenda. Okay. I live north of Toronto in Ontario. Um about an hour north in the country, thank heavens. And uh, I worked for Ward Air. Um, that's where I first flew as a flight attendant in 1981. And uh, a small carrier with a big reputation and um, beautiful big new airplanes. We had four 747s and three DC-10s. And, uh, yeah, they were beautiful. So we did mostly international. Um had very high standards. It was first class for the entire aircraft, um, and that's a, lo- a lot to do, you know. But anyway, like, um, yeah, yes. Go ahead. Well, I like the way you said a small airline with big, big reputation. Reputation. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I couldn't we, remember we that were... last word. I'm glad you said that because I like that. That's a catchy. Was that a was that a marketing uh, phrase that uh, someone put no. together, or did you just do it? I like that. No, it it was honest. We would be sometimes, like, you know, we would fly on other airlines for our own holidays if we went to states, etc. And we could be anywhere. We'd be sitting in a restaurant in Hawaii and overhear people talking about how wonderful Ward Air was. Oh. And in Britain and, and that sort of stuff. And from a passenger point of view, it was wonderful. I mean, my God, they, you know, I don't think they had five minutes to themselves <laughs> on an 11 hour flight. <laughs> Some food was being put in front of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was, yeah. uh, it was really lovely. And uh, like I say, it was a small carrier, I think. I could be wrong, but I think we only had about 700 flight attendants. Wow. We had four. Four bases, Vancouver, Edmonton, uh, Toronto, and Montreal. And okay. I was in the Toronto base. But anyway, as fate would have it, um, there was some squabbles with the Canadian government back at that time with deregulation. And um, uh, Max Ward, the fellow who started it, sold it to Canadian Airlines. And it was like, ah, that was the end. And if I had stayed, I, I would have now been flying for Air Canada because that's what happened to okay. uh, Canadian Airlines. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. And it was okay, well, wonderful. Interesting. 
Very good. Uh, now, I've got some questions for the captain. I've got some questions for the flight attendant. So I don't know if you've looked okay. over uh, some of these, but uh, if you can answer them, uh, one of the questions uh, always, why on commercial flights, on airplanes, uh, they have a big number or a large number of, of flight attendants working the cabin, and on other airplanes, it's a small one. I remember on a Convair 440 when I first started with Eastern, that only had 44 pa passenger seats in it, and we only had one flight attendant. Why? Why uh, so few and so many? If I remember right, it was um, there was a well, what's the word? A standard, a rule, or whatever. Regulation. We, you, Regulation. Yeah, yeah, that we had to. You had to have a maximum of so many passengers per flight attendant, but also yeah. the doors, like at least now Convair ah. was older, right? And yeah. so you had to, if you know, depending on your load, you yeah. had to have a flight attendant available to open their door and their opposite door yeah. in an accident. Um, and so say if you had a DC-10, I mean, well, you couldn't go with four flight attendants. You just couldn't. Um, yeah. You'd be well with eight doors. So that's how it was always manned. Yeah. Um, it was based how about on your seven forty seven? How many how many flight attendants did you have on that uh, Ward seven forty seven? We were low. We had thirteen. So we had twelve 13. in the cabin. Wow. Yeah. Four four hundred and fifty six passengers. We had twelve in the cabin, and in the upper deck where there was sixteen passengers plus the piano bar where people could come up, um, yeah. there was one flight attendant up there. Okay. And so we, you know, it has five, well, ten doors. And, yeah, so we had two extra. I think it was two LA and two RA, um, the assist, you know what I mean? And they would be kind of helping with the, yeah. um, well, with the service, but they might have been the galley people, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, so, did, yeah. Did they, hire, did they hire the piano player as a flight attendant? <laughs> <laughs> there really wasn't a piano. <laughs> it was just a piano bar. But, okay, okay. You know, we've all seen pictures, right? The circular yeah, yeah, yeah. seats and that. Dean yeah. Martin sitting at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My mother would have loved that. She named my brother after him. <laughs> now, now, here's a good question for you, because you are the author of a great book uh, about oh, what uh, this next question is. In the event of a crash... Who mm -hmm. takes the lead getting passengers out of the aircraft? The individual flight attendants. Well, the lead, do you mean, are we talking um, signal to evacuate or order to yeah, evacuate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's a contentious thing, at least with me. <laughs> um, okay. Our airline, and I am so glad with Ward Air, we were taught that if we see something, once the, first of all, the aircraft has to come to a complete stop, obviously. Okay, yeah. but the minute it does, each individual flight attendant is to stand up and look outside. If they see fire or anything and they know that we've got a real problem, they shout. You know, they start shouting their own, come this way, you know, release your seatbelts. So they initiate it. Now, there is, of course, in uh, aircraft a built in that the cockpit would initiate an um, evac alarm. Like so many things in an accident, it's disabled in the accident. Oh, yeah. 
you know, and um, so you can't depend on that. Plus, we were taught never to wait for that. In some airlines with a different culture, like Thai, I believe, um, what was the one, Asiana? Yeah, Asiana. that was a problem with Asiana when they had that crash in San Francisco. I think it was yeah. San Francisco. Um, there was that they were taught to wait for the captain to give them a signal to evacuate. Well, they lost precious time because there was some confusion going on in the cockpit. And uh, precious time is precious time in an accident, you know, a um, couple of minutes, seconds, because in order to certify an aircraft, uh, the um, manufacturer has to be able to prove that a full load of passengers can be evacuated in 90 seconds or less with half the exits blocked. 90 okay. seconds or less. Okay. Or less. So it really matters. When we talk seconds, if there's a 10-second delay from the cockpit and a flight attendant, and that has happened, and a flight attendant has seen fire outside their door or, or at the next door and they start shouting, we were all taught the minute we hear a flight attendant start, start shouting, you do too. So that's oh, how okay. that's how it works. Okay. Even all in right. airlines, I believe that have the mandate that you know you wait for the signal yeah i think that there's been several case studies where the flight attendants do it anyway they have to because the cockpit could be dead or incapacitated that's right you know that's right yeah and they don't have rear view mirrors it might look good that to them and we've heard it right where the cockpit crew is asking the tower what do things look you know what i mean because they can't see well the flight attendants are in there and they can so, yeah, that's how that yeah. works. Okay, very good. Very good uh, answers to these questions here. Um, I thought they were really, uh, to me, they were very strong. You know, as far as number of passengers, I think the airplane, when it's certified, it's certified according to the number of seats determines how many flight attendants. And, and it's not based on the number of passengers, souls on board. It's based on the number of seats. Because that, you know, uh, Neil, that, that's mode. interesting yeah. because yes, that could be, okay, that's true. Now, I, I wonder, <laughs> I've been away from it for a while, you know, I wonder if that's the same in Canada. I am not sure. Well, um, here's, 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 yeah, go ahead, Jim. I just I would expect it to be the same. Well, the, the difference would be this. You, you have to comply with the certification of that aircraft. So if it's manufactured okay. by Boeing, it's certified in America. Now, if it's operated by Ward Air, that same Boeing 747 or DC-10, whichever it is, they may have yeah. a policy to have more flight attendants than the minimum flight attendant requirement by the FAA and certification. So I think it's pretty much based on the policy of that airline. But wasn't there a big to-do a few years ago about them adding seats and not adding flight attendants? You know, the unions were upset. I was already away from it by then. I'm, um, I'm not certain. I probably was away from it by then also. Yeah. It's been yeah. some years since we've been away from it, Jim and I. Yeah, like I'm they take delivery of the aircraft, and then they, I, yeah, then they want, yeah. you know, let's face it, seats, seats are money. 
Yeah. And so, you know, they, they would add in seats and, and not yeah. add in flight attendants. So I, I wish someone who's listening who knows <laughs> could yeah. call in and uh, well, help us with that. I pretty certain that they could never uh, go less than the number required, the minimum number required, but they can go over right. that. Yeah, anytime mm-hmm. because you know one airline's policy might be like Ward Air's to offer uh, pampering service every uh, few minutes. Uh, that that passenger is going to be annoyed by a flight attendant wanting them to eat some more food and <laughs> drink some more booze. <laughs> and so, but at any rate, uh, uh, I remember on the Convair with 44 passengers, we had one flight attendant and we had two doors: the front door, which had its air stairs, and the Convair. And uh, okay. and the rear door, which was the service door for the galley in the back of the airplane, I can still see it to right. this day on that conveyor. Okay. And one flight attendant, yeah. and I guess they assume in certifying uh, the aircraft that the front door could be operated by the co-pilot or the first officer sitting right beside, you know, yeah, just come out of the cockpit and be assigned. Yeah. I, I'm just thinking that, uh, of course, conveyor yeah, is no longer in business. Sit? Flight Where attendant flight on that airplane seat? sat in the front in the front of the airplane. Uh, yeah, see, that's weird. That, yeah. Yeah. That yeah. would be And there was a jump seat her. in the back. Yeah. Oh, there was, eh? Okay. Yeah, there was now, a jump seat in the back. Have... I think they sat in the back, now come to think of it, but I'm not certain. I can't yeah. remember. I, I remember we lost one flight attendant in a conveyor, not Eastern, another airline. And the galley door, the uh, galley door in the back of the airplane opened up, and she went to close it. And uh, or he, I forgot oh. which uh, gender, but yeah. at any rate, uh, w- uh, you know, it sucked her out of the airplane. Oh, so, uh, and yeah. uh, so. I would think she'd have to sit next to the door. Um, now, yeah. the other thing is, of course, we brief passengers. Like, say, if we have a minimum. Uh, crew on for some reason or some, or a flight attendant is incapacitated or we, of course we'd always do it at, uh, over wing exits always yeah. you would brief the passengers and you would start by saying if I'm incapacitated you will be in charge of this door first you yeah. look out you know we brief them and show them how to do it so I wonder if they did that at that all on might, the computer if they, that might have been uh, I, I remember the flight attendants, uh, you know, they, they would serve a complete meal service in the back. But I mean, meal service when Eastern offered meals, yeah. they really, they really had some good <laughs> meals on board the airplane and they well, would serve 44 passengers. One flight attendant would do that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Well, amazing stuff we, up there. <laughs> yeah. Before we go into, uh, some of this other stuff here, I want to play a song. This is, this is you've heard it, I believe, Brenda. I, I think you have too, Jim Harris. But here's a, here's an airplane, the Martin 404, and the Martin 404 was Martin's or, or Convair. They were very similar airplanes. They had the same engines. Uh, they uh, they had about the same number of passengers, 40 or 44 passengers, and they almost looked like each other. Very similar airplanes. Wow. But I know uh, Piedmont and uh, Eastern and Southern Air. So uh, I'll, I'll, this song is for uh, is for Sandy Pearl if she's listening, <laughs> because Southern Airways. This song is for Southern Airways Martin 404. Take a listen to this song. Oh. <laughs> 
make Atlanta, your bottom will be sore. I'm riding on that Southern Airways Martin 404. From the great Atlanta airport to the Mississippi shore. Be a Gadsden and Columbus to the thunderstorms you'll score. If you're looking for excitement, well, you could hardly ask for more. And a flight from there to Memphis on a Martin 404. and some for pilots. And I want to have Jim uh, Harris, you, would you start off uh, on that uh, host number three there? 
and uh, let and me read get them. to it. Yeah, you I think you sent a script. Then I didn't. Yeah, get it. I, I didn't said, get but it. you won't. Well, you okay. won't be able to. Yeah, if you don't okay, have it, that's it. okay. Okay. Okay, I'll look for it. These are Let's fun. See, These are one? really fun. It it talks about uh, George Jen, uh, one of our hosts in New York. He lives up in Long Island. He sends me some really good stuff, and I use a lot of George's suggestions on the radio show. And and this one I just thought was so funny. I said, George, I'm going to put this on the show on Saturday. So uh, if if you got it there in front of you, Jim Harris, would you talk about the golden oldies? Yeah, this one where I wore my mask. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, okay. The third one here, I see. It said, "I wore my mask yeah. while pulling, yeah. while pulling nine Gs, checking <laughs> checking my six, pumping out flares, telling number two to break left, selecting auto guns, locking up a bandit, selecting the AIM nine, keeping a visual while gaining a tally, getting fifteen hundred megahertz tone, watch my altitude, planning egress, shooting a bandit." Telling the number two to bug out south, reforming into tactical formation, push it up, taking it down, short range radar, and resetting the CAP. And all you got to do is pick up a gallon of milk. <laughs> okay. Well, unless you were with the military, you wouldn't know about all that jargon that, that Jim Harris just mentioned. But do you see the first two of them right above that, Jim? Yes. Yes, I do. Please go ahead. Okay. So if God does not subtract from the man's allotted time the hours spent while flying, but he exacts harsh penalties for those who do not learn to land properly. <laughs> that's true, isn't it? <laughs> that, that, that's a biggie. The difference between fear and terror, fear is when your calculations show you might not have enough fuel to make it to your destination. Terror is when you realize you were right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one of my one of my statements always was take enough fuel to get there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> or either you've got too much. The only time you've got too much fuel is when you're on fire. <laughs> yep. One of our one of our famous captains, Captain T. A. Mayberry. That's what he said. He meant it. Yeah, he meant it. He's on it, the DC right. nine, and I heard him. I heard him back there talking to talking yeah. to dispatch. He says, "But but can't I just have another five hundred pounds?" Yeah. <laughs> and give me the <laughs> green serious. stamps. And he would say, give, That's give, right. fill, it, fill them up and give me the green stamps. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. How about number four? Can you read number four and five? Yeah. <laughs> this is a good one. I like this one a lot. Four. Mommy, I want to grow up and be a pilot. And she says, honey, you can't do both. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> uh, how about that last when you one? See, when you see the last number five years, when you see a tree in the clouds, it's not good news. <laughs> now, that's a biggie. Yeah. How about some more? Can you read some more? Oh, absolutely. Uh, let me, here's, this is a really good one right here. Heaven is crowded with civilian pilots. Do not get the instrument rating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Aviation's greatest invention was a relief tube. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, go ahead and uh, that, read on. <laughs> okay. 
my junior high school teacher told me no one would pay me to look out the window. Now I'm an airline captain. (laughs) 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 And the older I get, the better pilot I was. I'm at the age when I realized the best thing about flying fighters was free oxygen. <laughs> number number six is a biggie. Takeoffs are optional. Landings are mandatory. <laughs> You're definitely going to land. Yeah. Uh, that, that's yeah. absolute given. Uh, never fly the A model of anything. <laughs> that mean that mean the first one that they produced for that particular model. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I like number eight here because it says because I'm the captain. That's why. <laughs> did as senior that's flight attendant Brenda, Brenda, did, were you able to say that because I'm senior? That's why. <laughs> No, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> it reminds me of mummies, right? Because I'm your mummy, yeah. and that's why. <laughs> yeah. That's I'm going to read the next next batch here. Pilots. Oh, yeah, these these next ones are really good ones, too. Yeah, they okay, are. Here's the first one. It says, pilots looking down on people since 1903. <laughs> <laughs> there are three simple rules for making a smooth landing. Unfortunately, no pilot knows exactly what they are. <laughs> The the average fighter pilot, despite a swaggering personality and confident exterior, is capable of feelings such as love, affection, humility, caring, and intimacy. They just don't involve others. (laughs) (laughs) And here's another one. When everything else is going against you, Remember, an aircraft still takes off into the wind. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's supposed to. uh, Pilots Pat Halloran and Tom Keck were in their SR-71s, and here's a quote from them. Yeah, though I fly through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for I am at 80,000 feet and climbing. That must, that must have been a fun airplane to fly. Oh, it must have been, yeah. So many stories about it, too. Here's another one. An idiot can get an airplane off the ground. It takes a pilot to get it back in one piece. True. <laughs> and then pilot dictum. Remember, in the end, gravity always wins. <laughs> Number eight. And this, one, this one, I had to stop and think about this one for a while. You can only tie the record for flying low. That's right. <laughs> Brenda, do you see the next series of them? I do. I do. I haven't read through them yet, so it will be fresh right. for Go me. Ahead. Go ahead. You can read. <laughs> Black boxes may be replacing pilots, but pilots can be maintained easily and produced by unskilled labor. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's kind of like Max Ward when the pilots were threatening to go on strike. He actually oh. called them glor- glorified bus drivers. Whoa. <laughs> 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 oh. 
there was a backlash there. Well, look, okay, wait a minute. Before, um, you, before we go any further with yep. that, I was uh, <laughs> on a layover, and the next morning uh, downtown at the Omni Sheridan in New York City on Broadway, well, I was standing out there waiting for the crew, the crew uh, uh, limousine to pick us up, take us to the airport. And a woman got out of a taxi cab, and she thought I was a bellhop in my <laughs> uniform. <laughs> gave me her luggage. <laughs> True story. True story. I know that happened in Britain a lot because yeah. in Britain, everybody and their brother wears a uniform. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, hey, yeah. It ahead. would be they would waiting for the luggage people would come yeah. up to them thinking that they were those i don't know what you called them remember they get your luggage for you yeah 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 okay are we yeah. ready to go on yes we are <laughs> <laughs> number two many young inexperienced pilots have delusions of adequacy <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah Okay, number three, flying is the art of learning to throw yourself at the ground and miss. <laughs> okay. no, number four, Richard Reed forced us to remove our shoes in the TSA line. Thank goodness he wasn't the underwear bomber. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for anyone who doesn't know, Richard Reed was the shoe bomber. <laughs> the shoe bomber, yeah. Number yeah, five, elderly that. lady <laughs> to airline captain. <laughs> yeah. Are you sure you were safe to fly? Answered lady. How do you think I got this old? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, dear. Um, number six, six. Opt- optimist invented the airplane. Pessimist invented the parachute. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> Number seven, scientific fact: the rings of <laughs> the rings of Saturn are composed of lost airline luggage. <laughs> oh my goodness! Wouldn't this be good if we were at a bar? <laughs> yeah, together. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> okay. Um, Newton's law number eight: <laughs> what goes up must come down. Squadron commander's law. What comes down better be able to go up again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 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 that's good. All right, Jim. What do you got? Yeah. Okay. I was 14 when I wanted to be a pilot. I'm now 80. I still want to be a pilot, but I'd rather be 14 again. Number two is a good one. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the captain speaking. This was the first officer's leg, and he made that landing just experience. I've asked him to stand at the door and receive your comments. (laughs) (laughs) But all the time, the captain made the landing. (laughs) Ah, yes. Oh, yeah. Well, you can do what you want to. Hey, once you get to fill up the God seat, you can do what you want to do. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Pastor flight attendant. John Wayne didn't use a seat belt. Flight attendant John Wayne isn't going to New York with us, and neither are you unless you buckle up. (laughs) 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 Uh, 
Icarus could have flown if he'd picked a cloudy day. <laughs> <laughs> he, you know, he went too high and his wings melted. <laughs> George Stan would like that because he, his title of his book, which is yes. a great fiction novel, it's wonderful, Flying Too Close uh, to the Sun. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's <laughs> really good. Oh. Uh, as George Collins said, if black boxes survive crashes, why don't they make the whole airplane out of that stuff? <laughs> the wisdom of Carlin, yeah. Oh, miss him. Soldier to a pilot, why didn't you join the Army? Pilot's answer, I found out that good food and clean chicks were made available on nearby Air Force bases. <laughs> and that's the truth, too. Yeah. <laughs> Roger, a term used by pilots when they can't figure out what else to say. <laughs> Cone of confusion. <laughs> All radio terminology on JFK ground control. <laughs> but the hardest one of those the hardest one of those is getting run up in Chicago, go with a new scenic, old scenic hangar line and so oh, on. Yeah. Oh god, yeah. Yeah. Um, Whatever few yep. times I was in there as captain, I just asked the cop. I said, "Do you know what he said?" He said, "Yep." I said, well, "Let's do it." Yeah. <laughs> 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 just get me there. <laughs> yeah, keep me on the highway. Yeah, That's okay. It, I'll read the next series of them. And the first okay. one says, "Balls to the wall, full throttle, or an extremely bad landing." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, number two is Kennedy ground control to a female pilot. I told you to turn on Alpha, female pilot. Don't be angry. I didn't understand you. Controller, are you my ex-wife? <laughs> <laughs> Here's another good one. Beer was invented to make pilot stories more interesting. And whiskey, much, much, much more interesting. <laughs> yeah. uh, next one is pilots have to be brave so they don't get scared when they can't see at night or inside of a cloud or when an engine or wing falls off. <laughs> <laughs> These are great. Here's another one. You have never lived until you have almost died. Life has a special flavor. The protected will never known. Oh, the good protected life. will never know. Oh, yep. Oh, okay, helicopter pilots are different from airplane pilots. Airplane pilots are open, clear-eyed, buoyant, extroverts. Helicopter pilots are brooders, <laughs> introspective, <laughs> anticipators of trouble. <laughs> they know if something bad has not happened, it is about to. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, what, what? number seven is death is God's way of telling pilots to watch their airspeed <laughs> on final. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, you can't fly unless you you can land, but you can't land unless you can fly. So which is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, we can go on and on with these. Uh, I've got to. Uh, this, we'll have to come back and continue this humorous end of it. They're all so good. And uh, yeah, uh, keep I've up. A, yeah, I got a couple of things here, Brenda. I want you to um, 
talk about, and if you'll skip over a few pages, it talks about uh, our last show, which we had, which we uh, we had um, yeah. Stacy Greer with us talking about uh, her remembrance of her father's passing when the Eastern Flight 980 crashed uh, on Mount Illimani uh, in yeah. uh, Bolivia. Uh, with the landing and trying to land the airplane at La Paz Airport. And we did get a comment. Would you read those comments uh, about the last show? Sure. On that, Brenda? Rob, yep. Robin Williams Cobb writes, My mother was almost on that flight, 980. She was returning to Atlanta from Buenos Aires. And being a non-rev, they didn't get on that flight. She got on any flight she could heading north. She tried this flight too, but didn't get on. I think it was out of Lima, but I can't remember. This shook her up quite a bit after she heard about the fate of this flight. And with a special request from Jackson McQuig for FA uniforms, Kathy Richards Laper. Yes, I have two uniforms, but won't have access to them until the end of May 2023. They're from 1973 and 1976. And we might add here a letter recently reviewed by our producer from Jackson McQuig. Hi, Neil. Thanks for your note about all your efforts. Unfortunately, I have a conflict with the showtime tomorrow, Saturday at 1 p.m. I have to attend a board meeting um, <laughs> at his homeowners association. I'm the secretary. Heaven help me. <laughs> but here's, yeah. an update on the, <laughs> here's an update on the exhibit and the uniform request, which you're welcome to read on the air. Design work, research, and object acquisition – are progressing along at a good clip for the new ex exhibit on the history of the Hartsfield-Jackson Atlanta International Airport. As we mentioned during the previous broadcast, the exhibit, which has a working title of Blue Skies, 100 Years of the Atlanta Airport, will feature object, objects in the storyline of the Atlanta Airport's evolution from an automobile speedway to an international airport. The Atlanta History Center is working with Gary Lee Super Design Associates on the exhibit, which will actually, actually be on display at the Atlanta Airport, in between concourses D and E. It is tentatively planned to open in September of this year. The exhibit got a big boost recently with the acquisition of a 1940s-era CAA aerodrome beacon, which will be a featured display in the exhibit. We are asking, um, we are seeking a very few flight attendant uniforms from multiple airlines, which has served Atlanta through the years. There are only plans to display six of them. I credit the airline radio show, and particularly Brenda Chabot, thank you, for encouraging us to include them. Those with uniforms who might be interested in donating or in receiving more information about the exhibit should contact Jackson McQuig of the Atlanta History Center by calling him at his work number or his cell number. Neil, should I read that on the air? Yes, uh, you may also. Yes, go ahead. Okay. So his work number is area code 404-814-4064. So again, that's 404-814-4064. Or his cell is area code 404 925 0966 and again for his cell 404-925-0966 you may also email photos to him at jmcquig 
at AtlantaHistoryCenter.com. All lower cases, no, dosh, no dots or dashes, that's straight through. J.M. McQuig at AtlantaHistoryCenter.com. However, please do not send materials to him without contacting him first. Thank you so much for your consideration. Thanks, Neil. I'm including a photo of the beacon and a video of it operating for your enjoyment and interest. The Atlanta Municipal Airport, a.k.a. Candler Field, had a similar beacon on its tower from 1939 to 1961. We'll keep you posted. Yes, and we've got, um, I bet you we have six uniforms now. <laughs> I yeah. think so. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. So it's just, uh, we've just got to make sure that they contact um, him directly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Jackson uh, has been on the show, I think, twice now, and uh, he told us initially about what the plans were to put this exhibit in the terminal in Atlanta, uh, Hartsfield, Jackson Hartsfield International Airport. And uh, I might also add there's another display uh, that uh, is uh, plaques, uh, bronze plaques that are on the walls, and I can't think it's in the north terminal uh, in the front. Uh, it's uh, the Eastern Airlines complete uh, list of pilots ever flown with Eastern Airlines that uh, we found the names of, and it's very impressive. If you are in the north terminal, uh, you might want to uh, take a look at that eastern wall, and uh, and uh, uh, it's uh, it, as a matter of fact, yours truly's name's on it, and Jim Harris's name's on it, and uh, all the pilots that wow. we know about, their names are on that plaque, so they have been displayed so over the years now. Yeah. Well, one uh, at, when it first started, uh, the Eastern, the Retired Eastern Pilots Association asked if uh, the Atlanta Airport Authority would allow us to, when we lost a pilot, to put their name on a wall dedicated to those pilots for the Eastern. And for over the years, uh, every year we would uh, increase the list of those numbers that had passed on of pilots with Eastern. And then, um, <clears throat> then it finally, because most of us are of my age, which is old, and Jim Harris's age, which is old, <laughs> yes, ancient. <laughs> uh, it uh, was decided that we would go ahead and see if we could put the entire uh, list of all the pilots, starting with the very num number one pilot with Eastern Airlines, was a Captain uh, uh, Gene Brown, and uh, Captain Brown was the very first, Dick Merrill, I think, was number two, and all of the pilots all the way down from 1927 all the way until Eastern went out of business that uh, were included in that. So uh, at any rate, they do have some good displays there in the terminal, and I'm glad Jackson is uh, spearheading this. He's the vice president of properties for the uh, historical society there, historical museum or whatever it's called. And... Uh, and if you're listening to this uh, after you get through with a homeowners association meeting and you uh, have an accurate uh, counting of all funds since you're the treasurer, uh, Jack Jackson, uh, come on and uh, come on again. We'd love to have you tell us about uh, how things are going there at the terminal. We don't have much time left in our hour. It went by pretty fast, and we got so much more that I wanted to present. Most of it is laughable. All of it is laughable, but uh, we'll just keep some of this stuff for another show, if that's okay with yeah. you guys. 
Oh Real yeah, tortoise. it's good. Yeah, it's very good. <laughs> I think I think the three of us make a dynamic trio here. So um, <laughs> maybe that's all we need to run, run this radio show for a little while. I also want to, uh, since it's the first of the year, I like to tell my friends, uh, members of the Retired Eastern Pilots Association, which I am a member of that organization. I want to thank them once again over the years of their sponsorship of our radio show. Uh, they wow. have been very, very kind in, uh, in sending us some funding to keep our show on the air over the years, and I'd like to appreciate all that they've done for this radio show and getting the word of Eastern out and now talking about all other airlines that want to uh, come in and talk about their airline and their memories with their airline. So uh, yes. we'd, like to, we'd like to hear more from different airlines uh, and come on and, and, uh, and, and talk. You see, we've got some time. We don't need to tell jokes. We'd like to hear, hear your memories of, of why you think your airline was better than the other guy's airline. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, hey, I don't think it. I'm sure of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I figured you would be, Jim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hey, Neil. It's, uh, yeah, Jim. Hey Neil, there's one. If you ever need any money for anything, I think all you need to say, "Hey, I need money for so and so," and and you'll get it. Well, I might I might do that. I might do that. I'll I'll. Well, take I wish you would if you ever need to. Well, right now uh, everything is okay, and and um, uh, we used to get some donations when we uh, had our website up and running, and people could go to it and use their Visa, MasterCard, American Express, or whatever. But uh, I don't have that uh, operation operational any longer. So um, uh, we might do that on another show. We might have what the pub, PBS, public broadcasting radio does <laughs> to uh, get support for keeping the public a, radio and TV on the air. We'll have a fundraiser. There you go. All right. Yeah. Linda, thanks so much. <laughs> have a great day for All the rest right. of it. And, Jim, thanks and so much, too. too. Well, we're going to take this uh, flight and turn it over to our fav favorite captain, Hop Harrigan. And, uh, <laughs> Hop, we'll let you uh, take it from here. And, oh, uh, one song I do want to play. I'll play it next time. I'll play it next time. It is funny, okay. funny, funny. But, Hop, okay. <laughs> it, it's all yours. Feeling well, hundred, all clear. Okay, this is Hop Harrigan coming in. Coming in on a wing and a prayer. Coming in on a wing and a prayer. Though there's one motor gone, we can still carry on. Coming in on a wing and a prayer. What a show, what a fight. Yes, we really hit our target for tonight. How we sing as we limp through the air Look below, there's our field over there With our full crew aboard and our trust in the Lord We're coming in on a wing and a prayer
Brenda, Jim, have a great week. And you thank too, you, Neil. Neil. You thank also. you. Very good. Well, thank you for everything you do. We, everybody enjoys it. Thanks we so sure much. do. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.